Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Are the Democrats really serious? Are they trying to destroy themselves? Are they actually trying to force Catholic hospitals to kill babies in a, an effort to make them do what, well, we're going to read in Scripture, the Sanhedrin tried to make the apostles do, violate their faith? Brothers and sisters, I'm Father Frank Pavone, Director of Priests for Life, and welcome to Praying for America. These are the kind of things that we explore on this program, but we don't only comment on the news. There are many great expert political and conservative commentators on the news, and we learn a lot from them and pass it also along to you, but we also pray over the news. We look at the news in the light of the Word of God explicitly, and we show how making America great again means making sure it stays rooted in the Word of God. Welcome to the program. You can leave your comments, questions, and if we don't deal with them in this program, we'll deal with them in future programs. I have some I'm going to get to you uh, tonight from uh, some recent episodes. Uh, and let us know what your prayer intentions are. If we can pray for you, uh, if we can bring before the Lord, all of us together, the needs of all the rest of us, well, that's part of praying for America as well. So let's go to scriptures. Uh, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 13. When the Sanhedrin saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading further, we must warn these men not to speak any longer in this name. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. Let us pray. We come together, Father, tonight to pray for America rooted in the understanding that our founding fathers had this same biblical attitude, that they were to obey you above any earthly authority, any king, any prince, any tyrant, anyone. Father, they appealed to you in their declaration of independence as the source of our rights and as the judge of the world. We appeal to you tonight as well. We, the body of Christ, appeal to you, God of our fathers, to preserve this nation because it has been set on a path of obedience to you and we intend to keep it on that path. Bless our efforts. Give success to the work of our hands. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Okay, friends. Well, there's a lot to uh, lot to discuss as usual, but I did want to bring to your attention. I mean, you you know that this is this is the mindset of the Democrats. Okay, they have no respect for religious freedom. If you read their platform document, if you read their strategy memo, I mean, look at the way the Democrat Party officially thinks in their strategic thinking. What we would call religious freedom, what our founders, for that matter, would call religious freedom, what we look at as the right to practice our faith in the way that we want, free from government interference, you know what they consider that to be? Discrimination. They consider our religious freedom to be discrimination. Look at the case recently, very similar to the one from Jack Phillips that came out years ago from Colorado, another uh, wedding cake case coming out of California uh, where somebody said, yeah, listen, I have my religious beliefs. My store is open to everybody, but I'm not going to use my creative skills to support something that, that I don't believe in. This is fundamental to our freedom. And this is on the ballot this year. We let the Democrats control Congress for another term of Congress and religious freedom gets attacked. Although the Supreme Court has been going in the very much the right direction when it comes to religious freedom, very much the right direction. We had significant victories in June that literally throughout decades of wrong thinking on the part of the court where they said, oh, well, the state and, and the religion cannot get tangled tangled up inordinately. Well, you know, our founding fathers pretty pretty much had them joined together. Uh, we're not talking about a theocracy. Again, we're talking about religious freedom, not a state-established religion. We're talking about religious freedom. Of course, some of our fellow citizens, of course, those on the left, they're 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 not they're not capable of understanding this. Uh, and uh, that's too bad because they're missing out on quite a bit of the greatness of America. So Catholic, what am I talking about in terms of Catholic hospitals? First of all, understand one out of seven uh, people in America who get health care do so in the Catholic hospital system. It's a significant integral part of our health care system. 600 hospitals uh, from coast to coast and another 1,600 um, health care facilities or long-term facilities of various kinds. Uh, this is a significant infrastructure. I remember I was ordained by Cardinal John O'Connor of New York back in 1988, and Mayor Ed Koch actually was a friend of his, mayor of New York. And uh, they would do a lot of things together, but sometimes they would also have clashes. And at a certain point, uh, this was, and again, this is sort of just a little precursor to the kind of things we face now with challenges to religious freedom. But uh, there was a dispute between uh, the church in New York and uh, the city of New York uh, as far as uh, the uh, freedom of the church to run her institutions or hospitals in the way that corresponds to uh, Catholic faith, which means, you know, you avoid certain practices. Some other people in society might consider it to be health care. And uh, however, in the Catholic church uh, and in the wider Christian faith, we may consider it to be immoral. Well, you can't force a, a, a religiously run entity to violate the tenets of the faith on which it's based. Cardinal O'Connor was very strong and strict with the, with the mayor, even though, like I say, he was his friend. But he said, I will, I will sooner 
closed down these Catholic hospitals than violate the tenets of our faith. You want me to close them down? It's going to put a pretty big burden on the city. I will shut them down. Well, that's the kind of attitude that we need. Right now, right here, right now, all across America, that's the kind of attitude we need. Because these Democrats, don't let them fool you with their rosaries, you know, hanging on the, the desk of the president of the United States or wherever he wants to claim to have his rosary beads. I'm not impressed. Nancy Pelosi getting up to the pulpit, uh, the podium in the Congress, might as well be a pulpit. She goes up there to spout off her, her, her warped theology and says, oh, yeah, oh, I'm a faithful and serious Catholic. Yeah, right. And I'm the Queen of England. Stop, stop thinking that we're idiots for saying these things that insult our intelligence. The Catholic faith does not permit support for abortion in any way, shape, or form. And by the way, it's not just a Catholic issue. Any public servant who doesn't know the difference between serving the public and killing the public just doesn't belong in public office. Pelosi, Biden, Let's see, we've got a bunch of others up there too. Hey, Durbin, where are you? Why, why does your name not get thrown into the mix more? Because it deserves to be. And a whole bunch of you, I think, isn't it interesting? They're all Democrats. They're all Democrats. Because the party is sick and its positions are destructive. Now, where does the Catholic part come in? We saw it recently. In a number of articles, actually, in various media, criticizing the position of the church. This is all part of this post-Dobbs, the Dobbs decision coming down on June 24th, and then all the furor began on the other side. They have no argument. They have no argument. They just have sound and fury. And part of that fury now is being expressed in a number of articles where there, where, where, um, Different media outlets are saying, oh, well, you know, it's terrible, isn't it, to see the Catholic hospitals unwilling to provide health care to women when they need it, even life-saving, emergency health care. First of all, hospitals are not going to deny health-saving, uh, life-saving health care. But the fact of the matter is we're not going to kill babies either. Now, the good news is you never have to kill a baby in order to give a medical benefit to the mother. In fact, abortion has no medical benefit whatsoever. But that's a separate conversation. What I'm getting at here now is that we see in, an increased amount of noise criticizing the Catholic health care system and by extension, any health care system that is pro-life criticizing them for living out their faith and saying we will not kill children in the womb as part of our health care because we don't consider it to be health care. We consider it to be murder. Now, one of the ways that the Democrats are pursuing this, I'm talking about media, uh, media reports and, and articles uh, in various left-leaning publications, but here's the thing I really want to focus in on you with. The Obamacare uh, legislation has in it a provision, and we see this, of course, in the, uh, um, in the, in the, in the civil code as well, in the federal code. Uh, we're all familiar with the, um, 
the efforts that that happened recently uh, under President Trump, we were protected from this, where discrimination on the basis of of sex is not to include things like abortion. President Trump clearly indicated, I remember being on various conference calls during his administration, where we were told, don't worry, you're not going to be uh, pressured directly or indirectly to adopt um, views on abortion that you don't uh, uh, that you don't adhere to. Again, you see what the rubric it's being put under, again, is discrimination. But this is what they're at it again. They changed that in the in the federal code now to include conditions related to pregnancy. And now they're pushing the same thing in the Obamacare legislation itself when it says that, well, when we exercise health care in America, you know, we don't discriminate on the basis of race or you know, color or nationality. And then when it comes to discrimination on the basis of sex, what the Democrats are pushing for is very simply this, that that includes any condition related to pregnancy. Understand what's being said here. What it boils down to, let me jump right to the, the conclusion here, is that if a healthcare entity denies somebody an abortion, that's to be considered under the law as discrimination. It's already tagged as discrimination in the Democrats' twisted way of thinking. But they want this enforced under that provision of the law. This is where we would draw the line. We don't, again, it's just like, the, it's similar to the, to the case of, of somebody that doesn't want to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. I don't want to use my creative skills in order to be part of an activity that I consider contrary to the word of God. It's not that I hate those people. I don't judge those people. But it's a matter of free speech because the creativity that goes into a custom-made cake is an aspect of speech. Now, similarly, in this arena, what we would consider exercise of our religion in what we do or what we fail to do what we deliberately refrain from doing, the other side looks out, uh, looks at as, as discrimination. Now, we're saying we're not discriminating. You take, again, the, the wedding cake shop. Well, they're going to serve all the customers. Somebody comes in, they're, whether they're straight or gay or black or white or, or, or yellow, they're not going to discriminate based on those characteristics of the other person. Where they're going to draw the line is not between different types of people where they're going to draw the line is on what their own actions are. Again, we're not judging the actions of somebody else. We're saying, I'm not going to use my speech, my creativity, my skills, my talents, my choices in order to advance something that I believe in my religion is immoral. You start putting these things in the law, however, and you're, you're basically setting up a scenario like we just read from the Acts of the Apostles, where the religious believers in our midst, including all of us, are going to be subject to state sanctions simply for practicing our religion. Serious stuff. Keep an eye on that. Understand when, 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 when these interpretations of the law or these efforts to have courts judge 
according uh, the law according to the idea that oh any pregnancy related condition has to be included in this concept of discrimination on the basis of sex not just say you're discriminating against men discriminating against women that you're discriminating against somebody wanting an abortion this brothers and sisters is a a twisting of the law and a reading into the law of an ideology that people of faith and morals should be permitted to avoid. All right, moving on to something else here. I'm going to take, I want to uh, answer a couple of the uh, questions. Let me go right to these questions that have come in. And again, feel free to submit your questions, even if we don't get to them on the program in which you submit them, we, we don't ignore them either. And, uh, and we'll come back in certain programs to, Talk to you more about them. Oh, now this was this was a question. This is sometimes we answer our questions from the um, from the haters, you know, and that's a strong word, but listen, it's an accurate word for some of the people. There's a few people they don't have anything better to do, uh, and so they you know they come among all the rest of us here on these platforms, and uh, they show really how misguided they are. Congratulations! I really ought to have a list of different uh, awards here that I give out. For most misguided, this is this is this one comes pretty close, but we'll 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 announce the winners at another time. Um, this person says abortion is terrible. Okay, very good. You're on the right track with that. But then look where this person is going. See, you can see right away. This is one of this is somebody who has some Trump derangement syndrome going on. They're probably not watching again tonight because you know the people with Trump derangement syndrome they can only take so much of the the scene that you see here. First of all, they're triggered by the American flag. Okay, they don't honor the, the flag. Um, but a picture of President Trump right behind me, kind of staring at them throughout the whole program. No, no, no. The Trump derangement syndrome people, they can only take so much of that. Um, and especially if they haven't taken their medication, uh, it's going to be pretty bad by the time the end of the program comes along. Um, so this person, probably they just watched five minutes of the program, and then they sent in this question. But which part of the Bible says it's okay to cheat on your wife then if you paid for abortions a few years ago, but now say you don't support abortions, that that's okay with God. Where does Jesus say guns are good, especially when they kill children? Okay, so let's take each of those three things. First of all, guns don't kill children. People do. And they might use guns, or they might use knives. They might use bombs, or they might use cars, uh, or they might use their bare hands. So, see, now in the Catholic tradition, you know, we have confession. Nobody's ever, a gun has never come to me for confession. People have, but not guns. If guns could talk, if guns could have moral responsibility, but the gun, a gun is an inanimate object. But if it could have moral responsibility, well, I think there'd be a whole long line of guns coming to me who should be rewarded for saving lives. Don't you think? It's not the, the moral agency of the gun that kills people. It's the moral agency of the person who uses whatever instrument they choose to use to carry out that evil action. So first of all, we, that, 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 that part of the question is ridiculous. Of course, when, you know, uh, John the Baptist was asked, remember by the soul, when he was, he was uh, uh, putting forth repentance and he was asked by the soldiers, what should we do? And he, and they, he told them, be content with your pay. Didn't tell them, get, get rid of your, uh, get rid of your weapons. 
But where in the Bible does it say it's okay to cheat on your wife or um, is it okay if you paid for an abortion and now say you don't support abortion? Did, does this person miss the whole part of the Bible that talks about repentance? Let him among you who has no sin be the first to cast the stone. Woman, has no one condemned you? Neither do I condemn you. But go and sin no more, Jesus said to the adulterous woman. Oh, my goodness. This person who wrote, first of all, they forget about repentance. The implication here is that we shouldn't support any political candidates who have a past. Well, good luck finding somebody who doesn't. Whether in the political arena or in the church or anywhere else. Jesus Christ is not on the ballot. Sinful people are. And we are proud to be able to stand up and say publicly, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus praises that attitude. Now, Jesus, when he forgives the woman caught in adultery and stops the people from stoning her, doesn't condone the sin, right? He says, go and sin no more. What do you mean, Lord, sin no more? Well, you committed a sin doesn't justify the sin. Neither does he justify the attitude that this writer has. Once somebody goes off the track just once, you know, don't have anything to do with them anymore, and certainly don't put them in a position of leadership. Well, what kind of past does this person have who wrote, who wrote this a question? Have they never sinned? Why do we hold our leaders to some kind of unrealistic and, in fact, unbiblical standard of behavior. In fact, I say unbiblical. Because Moses killed a man. Of course, the writer probably skipped over that part of uh, the book of Exodus. David killed a man and committed adultery with the, with the, the, the man's wife. Did God give Moses and David a significant place of leadership in salvation history? What do we call Jesus? Son of David. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Did God take away the kingship, his role, because of that? Brothers and sisters, God gives positions of leadership to sinners. I don't know why, first of all, I mean, I could understand if a person doesn't invoke the Bible, why they might not see that. But for a person to invoke the Bible and not see that, no, that, 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 that's not excusable. So get off the high horse here, uh, writer, and uh, stop the nonsense, okay? And stop trying to impose your Trump derangement syndrome on the rest of us. Um, the people of God, my friends, elect their leaders based on who can do the job for which they're electing them. That's what's going on here. People of God have always seen. I mean, look how we did we elect the Sunday school teacher, Jimmy Carter, or the former uh, more than once uh, uh, married uh, um, a Hollywood actor in the Carter Reagan election. Which which one did we which one did the people of God elect? And why?
It wasn't a, a referendum on biblical behavior. It was a referendum on who could do the job of a president of the United States, and that is what you base your vote on. Now, in the current election, who can do their job as a member of Congress? Who can do their job as a school board member? Who can do their job as a governor? Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight uh, uh, practically on the eve of these elections. We ask you, first of all, to remind our fellow voters that every day now is election day because the voting is underway in so many places. Enable us, Lord, to treat each day with the urgency of election day. And second, Lord, give your people wisdom. Don't don't let us be distracted by what somebody claims was the past of some candidate, because, Lord, we know that doesn't matter. What matters is the future. What matters is, are they going to be able to do the job? What matters is, where's the balance of power going to be in the United States Congress? What matters is, are your people going to rise up and cast off the yoke of tyranny that the woke left mob is trying to impose on us? ruining our economy, destroying our borders, indoctrinating our children, and, 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 and leading us down the path of tyranny. Are your people going to rise up and cast off the yoke of tyranny, which has come to us today, not in the person of King George III, but in the person of the Democrat Party? Lord, let, enable your people to stop paying attention to what somebody said somebody did in the past. And wake up their minds and hearts and consciences to what these people are doing now. And what they're planning to do to us and to our children and to our grandchildren. Lord, open the eyes of the voters. And enable us to rise up here and cast off the yoke of tyranny. We sum up this prayer and all our prayers and praises, including our remembrance of the intentions of all our viewers by offering the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us, friends. We'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember what President Trump tells us. We are part of the greatest movement in American political history. The greatest. The MAGA movement. Be proud of it. Be strong. And get others into it as well. This country doesn't belong to those who want to destroy it. It belongs to you. And the best days of America are yet to come. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Starting with Truth Social, I hope you have your account on there. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And do spread the word about this program. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.